0: wildcats to our very first episode of the weber state weekly softball show we're a member of the big sky podcast network i'm your host colby peterson on the show today we have uh, some old familiar faces and we got a new face so starting off we got jessica Euler joining us tonight jessica how you doing
1: doing pretty dang good because arkansas beat auburn last night yeah,
0: that was big yeah that was a big one and i text you and i saw that on twitter i was like oh i gotta text jessica about this they just upset the number one team in the country so mm-hmm. stewie pig good job man still
1: riding that high
0: yep. Uh, we've also got uh D- professor dan hubler dan how you doing tonight uh doing. appreciate you for being on this uh, very first inaugural softball show doing
2: very well yeah great to be here so yep cool yeah, yeah.
0: And then finally we have uh, for the first time ever, the signposts owns Simon Mortensen. Simon, uh, appreciate you for taking some time to join us here on Weber state weekly. Talk a little wildcat sports.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I appreciate being here.
0: Yeah, we're excited. So like we said, folks, this is the very first time that we've done the softball show. And so this is how this one's going to go. We're going to, in it we have a coach's interview. We are, are, uh, Grateful to welcome head coach Mary Kay Amicone again this year to talk to us a little bit about the team and um, and about kind of how things are going. Um, then we'll move on and talk a little bit about the roster. We've got a lot of familiar faces, a lot of folks returning, um, plus a few new additions, and so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then. We have a schedule review. We're going to go and look at the schedule coming up. There's some really tough games on that schedule. And so we'll talk through some of those. Plus the, the non-conference schedule. This will be the last season that the Wildcats will see the birds. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that among others. So that'll be the show. Uh, but first, before we get into all that, want to encourage everyone to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weaver State Weekly. If you would... Go to one of those panels or one of those platforms and rate us. Five stars, whatever it takes. Please help us find the way into the ears of more Wildcat fans, wherever they may be. We're also on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weaver State Week team, especially on game day. We've been doing a lot of Twitter spaces. We'll be doing that tomorrow night for the men's basketball game against Eastern Washington. So tune in on Twitter. It's a really good time. We usually get a pretty good group together to chat on those road games. And then finally, we've got a blog um go to weaverstateweekly.com there's uh, some good content there uh and want to shout out our sponsor this week studio 98 so go to studio98.com they are makers of fine uh fine rings uh in in interesting ways uh i was kind enough uh, my wife yesterday was our 14th wedding anniversary and so she was kind enough to get me one of those rings and uh i couldn't believe it got the flying w on the ring man Great work those folks are doing. So go out and check out studio98.com and see the great work that they're doing made locally in Ogden by a fellow Wildcat. So now all the mischief managed. Let's now talk to head coach, Mary Kay Amicone. Head coach, uh, coach, thanks so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weber State Weekly. I know that you're very busy getting ready to take the trip down to Phoenix this weekend. So appreciate you talking to us here uh, tonight.
4: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So coach, we want to start off by, you know, going back to the end of the 2021 season. Um, Wildcats were absolutely rolling. I mean, they ended up cleaning up in conference awards and a conference player of the year, conference pitcher of the year, freshman of the year, uh, 15 and three in conference play. I mean, all of the hardware, regular season champions, obviously 15 and three, quite a mark. Uh, But then a loss to Sac State in the first round of the, of the playoffs. Um, not, the, not the answer that the Wildcats wanted or not the, the end result that the Wildcats wanted. And so I want to ask you, Coach, um, after all of that success in the 2021 season and then to, to lose that way, how do you feel that that loss has kind of prepared this team mentally to step into the 2022 season and do it all again with maybe a different result?
4: Well, it, it was a difficult challenge going down um, the stretch but I'm I'm really proud of what we accomplished in that situation because honestly, the year before we had a class of great kids who, um, due to COVID, were unable to finish their senior years. Um, there were five of them that were outstanding and a big part of our program. So last year, um, for us to accomplish the regular season at 15 and three. Um, super proud of what they did. And I think, you know, it comes down the stretch, and I thought we were playing very well, and both those games were very tight uh, Portland State and Sac State. So you just look at it and you see in what way you can get just a little bit better in every facet, because, like you said, we we did have some real great honors uh for and and they should have they had outstanding conference stats and and so on um but you know you come down the stretch and you've got to be playing your best and you've got to avoid injuries and there's a lot, of, lot a lot to be said of, about the journey on the way there and how to enjoy that together and that's what we've talked about is you know, there's plenty of motivation there, but it's for us to be our best.
0: Yeah, a uh, really good point, Coach. I I blocked out the Portland State game as well. and that, that first loss that sort of put the Wildcats in a position where they had to play in Sac State in that must-win game, and then the Hornets ended up going up late and uh, knocked the Wildcats out uh, of that first season out of the, the tournament. So. Thanks for thanks mm-hmm. for reminding me. Of that. <laughs> I forgot about that game, but uh, not not a great one, um, obviously, and not the performance that the Wildcats wanted. So, want to talk a little bit, turn the page now. Talk about the 2022 season. Uh, you recruited five new players for the roster this season. I hope <laughs> that maybe you would uh, talk to us a little bit about those five and kind of what you're excited to see from them, because uh, this is a pretty experienced team. I would say, I think that's fair. Uh, this is there a lot. There's a lot of experience on the team, but five new players to bring in and you know, kind of learn from the pros as it were.
4: (laughs) Yeah, we were excited. Um, We have added a grad transfer pitcher, um, Arissa Paulson Henderson, Arissa Henderson. Um, She comes to us from uh, BYU. So don't boo anything. Okay. We love her (laughs) and she's a great contributor. So we're looking forward to adding Arissa to our pitching staff.
0: So are um, we?
4: <laughs> yes, we are and she she's been terrific to this point and we'll continue to do that. Um she is a pitcher and a hitter. She'll play some first base. She'll be in the hitting lineup. So she's one of those uh she's not a pitcher only. She does do it all. Um so we're really appreciative for adding her to our program. Um then we have a transfer, a GCU transfer, but she is from Utah, uh, Daisy Taloa, and she's a big hitter and a middle infielder. And Daisy's going to help us with a lot of things, um, up the middle and being able to contribute and push and compete in those situations. And she, she's really a tough student athlete. So we're excited for her and she's a sophomore. Um, and she went to West High School, perennial state champion with West High and a home run hitter and that type of thing. So she's going to help us for sure offensively. And then we have um, three freshmen, uh, Gianna Mamoli uh, from Gilbert, Arizona, um, Abby Joe Grundy. So Abby Grundy, but we have two Abbies, so we I nicknamed her. Um, Abby Grundy is from <laughs> Harriman. And she is, is also a state champion. Um, and then we've added Marissa Serta for some speed and some depth in the outfield. So those are the additions to this year's roster.
0: Yeah. Really excited. Um, You know, a couple of really good grad transfers plus, you know, really talented um, teams. I mean, I've really enjoyed a lot of the, the getting to know the the roster early here um, like, Dan saying here in the comments, Abby can sing her ABC's backwards as well. I mean, that was, that was a <laughs> skill that we learned about today on social media. So I <laughs> uh, really have right. yeah, enjoyed uh, that content that's been putting out there by the softball team, just to kind of get, get familiar with this roster and kind of see how everyone's doing. Uh, Jessica, Dan, Simon, questions for coach, head coach, uh, Mary Kay Amicone here.
1: Yeah, I think just talking about the upcoming schedule this year, the non-conference schedule, oh my goodness, looks so dang exciting. We've got UCLA, A&M, Fullerton, who are all, I mean, just have had phenomenal seasons and are predicted to do well again this year, and San Diego State. Um, which is where I went to grad school. So I always love it when my favorite. Oh, nice. Um, How do you see the addition of tough games like this? Is this a progression to the highest level of softball? Like, what do you feel about going out in these big non-conference games?
4: Well, we actually have had this kind of preseason for basically all of my career at Weber State. We've played UCLA almost every year. Um, We've played San Diego State almost every year. Um, this weekend, this tournament, this weekend is going to be also very tough. Um, you may not have heard of Fordham as much as some of the West coast teams, but Fordham, Fordham is a regional, um, team. They've been, uh, their conference champion and regional have had regional berths in the last three years. Um, Bradley's always a good matchup for us. They start us off on Friday morning and then GCU, Again, they have a, a a really good program. They do have a new coach and a lot of new players, um, but they will be, you know, up to speed with being outside and doing some of the things that that um, opportunity to practice outside and um, enjoy some of that warmer weather will, I'm sure, um, give us a good test. And then we obviously we end with uh, University of Kansas. So they're a great program as well. So yeah. we're we're just we are really excited to get going Um, leaving in the morning and practicing in Phoenix tomorrow. And they're just, our players are are, have worked really hard to this point. So we're really excited to get out there.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, GCU, like you said, coach last year, Wildcats, I think faced them twice in their tournament Uh, ended up winning, I think one of those games, but uh, a good team. I mean, a very good team, like you said, and you know, the, the opportunity to play outside, you know, being in Phoenix kind of has its own advantages. Simon or Dan, any questions for head coach, Mary Kay Amicone?
2: Yeah, uh, just one. I was listening to an interview from a few years back. It was uh, actually you celebrating a 4-3 victory over BYU. And one of the <laughs> quotes that I got from this, I thought was really cool. You mentioned that the team was in the process of buying in to the process. You know, d- just, no, I'm sorry. I mentioned that the team was buying into the process, that phrase, buying in. And you've got a lot of returning starters and veteran players. What do you uh, find to be the best way to get that buy-in and, and to increase and to enhance that culture within the softball team?
4: You know, we, we have outstanding leadership. Um, our players know the standard that it takes to perform at a high level um, and consistently I mean, when you look at the consistency of our program, it's player driven. Uh, We we can give them some guidelines, but who they are as people is a great indication of how how we have success because they are really good students. They know what's expected. Um, They put in the time they want to be at Weber State um, to not only. Uh, fulfill their academics but to be champions. So I think one of the the best things um, that we have going is that our leadership knows what's expected and they take it and they run with it and i'm I'm really proud of them for it because a lot of a lot of what people don't understand is when you're looking at our record and you're looking at the multiple um, conference championships, They every year they get everybody's best and they're they embrace that. That um, is, you know, we we have a phrase that pressure is privilege. If you didn't play in those situations, then you you aren't playing at your best. So um, that competition is considered, uh, excuse me, has continued to help us grow. And I just really am very, very proud of
3: our
0: players. Simon, what about you? A question here for head coach, Mary Kay Amico.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've been doing a couple interviews with some of the softball players, everything. And one thing that came up with KC as I interviewed her was that she's kind of talking about how, um, her goal is to really make Weaver state sixes with UCLA, Texas, A&M, everything like that. Um, and they've been, been really competitive against them in the past. um, with COVID-19, you know, kind of taking away that 2020 season, um, some players were offered a little bit of eligibility for a fifth year and everything like that. Aris is actually coming here off of fifth year eligibility. Um, keeping players like Faith Ho, um, Casey, everything like that. Uh, is there a certain strategy, certain things that you're able to teach them um, coming into fourth and like fifth year that uh, maybe you wouldn't be able to teach in prior years with prior players?
4: Well, yes, absolutely. And again, it's the buy-in. It's that they want to be here. They want to pass on their, we, we talk a lot about legacy, about who you are and, you know, you're the player in the jersey and what are you going to do about it now? And who do you represent from previous years? And they, they do absolutely compete with every team in the nation. We've played the Oklahoma um, to a very close game. We we play everybody in the preseason and that continues to help us um, compete at a high level, but all Casey, Faith and Lauren, Chloe has her extra year. We're just really, really fortunate that the administration helps support us with that um, because it was a heartbreaking situation that they lost that season because we, truly had, um, our one, two hitters player of the year, bug Sultran, Landy Hawker, who had hit one, two played the outfield their whole careers for us. And they didn't get to finish. Um, so Casey and other teammates, they don't take for granted that what we have is a special thing. And, Enjoying it and pushing each other to be better is, is really important to us.
0: Definitely. Uh, Coach Emmy Cohn, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you talked about pressure as a privilege, right? And this team is uh, definitely very blessed, ranked number one in preseason polls, Uh, current conference champion, Portland State ranked at number two. The Wildcats will take the trip to Portland at the end of the season to face the Vikings for the last um, series of the season before coming back to Ogden to host the conference tournament. Once again, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Cause like you noted before Wildcats did end up losing that first game to Portland state, um, which kind of put them in a, in a, in a different situation. Um, is that a, is that a series that's circled for you? Like, I mean, how do you, how do you treat those kinds of situations where it's like, okay, we're number one, there's pressure. We'll be facing the number two, you know, team in the conference coming up. Like how, how do you view that or, is it different or is it not different in your eyes?
4: Oh, um, it's peaking at the right time, you know? So that, that series of course is a tough series, but they're all tough. I mean, honestly, everybody played it. We were 15 and three and we had won every series. We didn't sweep every series, but we won every series we played in. And that's how you get to 15 and three. Um, And so you, you, if you take your eye off the prize and you're playing any of our conference opponents, you're, you're not going to be the big sky regular season champion. And so you, you can't put hyper-focus on those kinds of things. Um, I think it's all um, a culmination of who, who is playing their best and who can take some adversity and run with it. I mean, we, we had some serious last year. We, we had players have to sit out with COVID multiple games. um, And I'm sure those are the types of challenges that we know moving forward is keeping them healthy. They're taking care of themselves, but that's part of what happens down the stretch. So every one of our, our conference um, games is really, really important. And we just, we have a goal to, Keep improving. And it sounds really cliche, but uh, the goal is to be your best at the end of the year. And I think we were right there and we had a couple of key things that didn't go our way, but we played well in both of those games and gave up a couple of heartbreaking hits or one, you know, just one run away. Um, So it's just part of the deal. And I think if we, if we don't focus on each, each game that we have the opportunity to play and get better with, um, especially in the preseason um, we won't be ready for down the stretch with any team and to host the tournament, which we're really, really excited to do again.
0: Yeah. Um, One, uh, any, any additional questions from our panel here before we let head coach Mary Kay Amicone go tonight, guys.
1: I think this is great. Thank you so much for being with us. So exciting for the season.
0: Okay.
4: Thank you. Thank you guys for being on the panel and thanks for the, the excellent questions. And we, we hope you'll follow us on, on our, we're going to be streaming the games at GCU on Facebook live and also GCU TV. So we'll, if you follow any of our social media, um, Austin Christensen's done a great job and Emily Erickson of helping us put everything out there, but we'll put that in our content so you guys can stay, stay tuned to how things are going in Phoenix and we're looking forward to it. So thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a great call out coach because uh, last year, that was the nice thing about playing down at GCU. You know, they have a pretty robust um, system down there to broadcast athletic events at GCU. And uh, you know, when I went through the schedule today, kind of getting ready, the only one I saw that was going to be um, on ESPN plus was the game against GCU. So it's good to know that that will extend to some of these other games. Cause like you said, I'm now I'm excited to see Fordham. Now I'm excited to see Bradley, you know, and uh, it's good to know that there's going to be an opportunity to actually watch some of those games. So appreciate that call out.
4: You bet. You got to get to know this, this new team, new journey.
0: Yeah. We're excited. One last thank you uh, to head coach, Mary Kay Amicone for taking some, some time to chat with us here on Weber state weekly. Best of luck this weekend, coach.
4: Thanks so much. Have a good one.
0: We'll see you. Bye. All right, folks. Um, Appreciate head coach Mary Kamikome once again for coming on Weber State Weekly to chat with us a little bit about the team. Um, but now let's turn our uh, let's turn our attention to the schedule, or I mean to the, the roster. We talked a little bit about some of the new faces that uh, the Wildcats are going to be seeing, but a lot of returning uh, players that have made a pretty significant impact on the the team that was last year. Uh, and, and like we said, you know that fifteen and three mark, which is pretty incredible. So, uh, first question I want to put to you guys was. Um, Conference Player of the Year Lauren Ho coming back for her senior season. She hit three thirty nine, and this was the number that popped out to me. She slugged six thirty two last season. Like, there's some pop in that bat. Uh, but the other thing I liked was her fielding percentage nine eighty four. I mean, pr- a pretty good defensive player uh, behind the dish. Um, I don't know. I mean, that that was an MVP season, basically, guys for uh, for a Big Sky player. Did you all feel that, uh, or do you all feel that? that's a, a, a performance that can be repeated this year uh, that she'll continue to improve or
1: is was that a high watermark? What are your thoughts? Gosh, I th- I'm so excited to see her come out. I only, I probably made it out to four or five games last year, but she is just fun to watch. And you know, I think this kind of skill that Lauren has is something that certainly isn't going to diminish in the off season. Um, and to come back and to have another season, I'm super excited to see what she does she just has so much power no matter what where she's playing and um, yeah she's she's going to be even better this year
0: yeah I mean I think I think, yeah she's going to be obviously very good like a, a conference an all conference caliber player but uh, Dan or Simon I mean thoughts on, on Lauren and um, kind of what to expect this season from her
3: um, you know I think uh, interviewing Lauren at the beginning of the, uh, the beginning of the month kind of um, she kind of talked about how she kind of had a little chip on her shoulder, um, said in quote, uh, we're all just going to be ready to win every game, especially against those teams like Portland state that knocked us out. Um, again, she was talking about how this year they, they want to come out swinging. They really want to come out and just try to get revenge for that last season. Um, and I think one of the things too, is you'll see with these seniors, you'll see with KC as well, that they really want to compete in, postseason play they really want to do well in the playoffs uh as far as what i heard from her um she really said she didn't really track her stats or anything like that she just wants to do it best for the team get them in a winning position but i think it's definitely she may even have a better year than she had last year um just off of some of the stuff she was telling me in this interview
0: yeah i mean wildcats got a lot of players at that, that catcher position but i mean obviously she's she's tops dan thoughts on lauren ho
2: I'm excited to see her play this year. I, I kind of agree with that, that she's going to come back. And I think she's uh, easily, not easily. That's that's a word you don't use there. But she's uh, definitely going to come back and uh, have just as strong a season this year as she did last year.
0: Yeah. Uh, another player to, to watch for is uh, Mo Ramirez. I mean, we talked about this on the show last season about how Mo Ramirez was basically Shohei Otani, right? Like, like she's she's just absolutely slugging. She slugged 668, but then she pitched a a 323 ERA. You know, it's just like nuts, you know, just almost a sub three ERA with 668 slugging. I think I can't remember the number. I think she only had like 60 something at bats. Yeah. You know, in that. And so it's just like
2: 76 batters. Is that
0: right? Yeah. And so it's just like, you know, just an absolutely incredible player who's you know making the comeback this year and I think we should we should expect good things but then on the other side you had Mia Rushton out in the in the outfield you know she was hitting in the leadoff spot and man I mean I looked at her numbers as well and it was just it was nuts she hit like 338 uh so I we interviewed Mia last year she was a true freshman and we said Uh, okay, so you're going to be like Tony Gwynn, right? Because she you know, went to high school in San Diego. She'd move around quite a bit, but she went to high school in San Diego. And so I I asked her like, yeah, so you're going to be like Tony Gwynn, right? And she's like, who's Tony Gwynn? (laughs) I was like, oh man, I'm feeling super old right now. Oh man. (laughs) But the numbers proved out, right? Like you look at her numbers and then she's hitting 338. Like her OBP is insane. It's just like, you know, she's very, you can tell she's a very skilled and patient hitter. And so my question to the panel here is that like, okay, Mo Ramirez, pitcher of the year, Mia Rushton, freshman of the year. I mean, how do you see how do you see Mo Ramirez topping that performance or how do you see Mia Rushton progressing in her sophomore season? Because, you know, it's kind of two different ways to two completely different players but a, a couple of different directions that they could go. Don't all jump um, in at once.
3: Uh, definitely. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say, um, just with freshman of the year, everything I got, this is kind of a similar situation to what Arissa Henderson was doing at BYU. Uh, BYU had actually won West Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year five times in a row when Arissa won it her year. Um, and so it's one of those things, especially growing under, um, a great pitcher like Mo, uh, just one of those things where I think she'll really have a a breakout year. I was going to say too, um, on Lauren Ho, I thought you meant Faith Ho. My wires got all crossed. Faith Ho was the one that made those comments right there, so I would like to apologize about that. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> all good. I mean, I can see. I mean, sisters, twins, right? Easy, yeah. easy to make that mistake, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, both both have been really, really good. I mean, because we you know we did talk about Lauren's numbers, but Faith, no slash herself hit three forty seven last year uh, in one hundred twenty four at bats, slugged five forty eight. I mean, and then a 925 fielding percentage, like just a really, really. I mean, a a player that was really contributing to the success this team had. Right. Um, Dan or Jessica, thoughts on Mo Ramirez or Mia Rushton uh, this season and kind of where they might go. I think so much of this has to do with
2: consistency. It's not about any big change. It's doing what they did last year, finding out those fundamental things that they they put in play last year that worked so well, and making sure that they keep that consistency throughout the rest of the season, and also figuring out what they can do on those little things. And I think uh, Coach said it best: it's it's not going to take much, but it's just a couple things here and there to dial it up just a little bit there at the end of the season, so that they can uh, reach that peak performance there at the end of the season. They're in the postseason specifically.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that's just really awesome to see and, you know, with a great coach, isn't surprising to see uh, just that we continue to have talent. This isn't something that when our seniors leave, um, it's like, okay, well, what how many years do we have to rebuild? We're constantly and, you know, looking at these two players, it's just demonstrating that constantly looking at how can we continue to maintain the stellar performance that we've seen. Um, with Weaver state softball by continuing to recruit good players year after year. And I think that this is, what's great to see. I mean, they showed out already and there's still so many years left. So I'm really excited to see what they continue to do this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, Dan just made a good point in the chat. I mean, the Wildcats are not a team that rebuilds, they reload. I mean, I yeah. think that's evident in the fact that, you know, they go out and recruit a player of the caliber of Mia Rushton to come up and then she hits 388 in the leadoff spot, you know, um, had had five triples in in that, and she's already you know knocking on the door of the of the record at at Weber State for triples in her right. first season. You know what I mean? Just like, mm-hmm. just just absolutely phenomenal. Just this this player, and so that's why I think I'm particularly excited about some of these games, like the you know we talked to Coach Amico in a little bit about the. Um, tournament that's going to be at Cal State Fullerton, which they weren't able to go to last year. And then, you know, sticking around down in Southern California and then going down to San Diego State for a tournament, you know, just a few days after. I think that, you know, that exposure and having the Wildcats play those games against really good Southern California teams and, and having that exposure gives the Wildcats an opportunity to recruit from those hotbeds of softball and continue to you know not only just reload but elevate the program to a level that you know i think that they would want to see and i think that coach amicone wants to see it get to right where it's like the wildcats were the first team to ever deliver an ncaa tournament win in the conference ever right and i don't think that they were satisfied in that they, they don't just want to win a game they want to advance in the conference or in the uh, in the national tournament right yeah um another uh, well, well, we talked a little bit about this um, about, about some of these all conference players. And if my dog would just be quiet, we could talk a little bit more about it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I wanted to call out, you know, Noel Foster in left field, Faith Ho at second base, Chloe Camarero at third base and Mandy sink at pitcher, all named to the all conference first team last season. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just, we talked about this with, with the coach laden with this experience and talent And I mean, how do you think that that helps them in this non-conference schedule? And, you know, kind of how do you see it playing out?
1: Yeah, I think it absolutely helps. Um, I I think, gosh, just the strength of our non-conference schedule overall is phenomenal, right? Because I think it's tough. We go out hitting hard and um, then we can come back in and get all that experience out of conference and be really ready when it comes back to Um, are in conference games and so when you consider the fact that these players are all conference absolutely that some of you know that is coming from playing really really stellar teams and you know I was just looking at some of the rankings and the batting average of Cal State Fullerton was nine in the nation last year right UCLA was the third best ERA Uh, and it's just like these are some awesome teams. And to have that experience early in the season to see, okay, this is the hardest thing that you're going to face out there. And then, you know, to be ready to come back in conference, not that our conference isn't tough. Of course it is, you know, we're in it. Um, but it's, I think it's a great experience and absolutely leads to us having some of those all conference players at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. I mean, good points, obviously, like the conference is not the easiest in the world, but also we're talking about, you know, nationally ranked teams, you know, like you said, UCLA, a very good team, a team that made a pretty decent run in the NCAA tournament. I mean, and you get the opportunity to face, I mean, we, I think that as this experienced roster gets an opportunity to play talent at that caliber, you know, we had we played tough games last season against uh, like the Oregon's of the world. Oregon was very, very tough at the, in the GCU tournament last season. And no, the Wildcats did not win, but I mean, seeing that level and saying like, this is, this is what the best, some of the best in the, in the country looks like um, that only pays dividends. Right. Simon or Dan thoughts on returning all conference players. I think the other part about these off, these
2: uh, non-conference teams uh, that we play uh, because they're seniors they've they've been through that experience before and so they have that much more of a sense of purpose uh, and in understanding why those non-conference uh, games it may sure you want to win them all but when you're in those uh, situations and you and you've played a few seasons where you have that, you understand uh, more long-term how they can pay their dividends. And so having that senior leadership who's experienced those uh, non-conference games in past seasons will definitely help, especially with those younger players who may get in there and they're like, okay, we're going to beat this team, or we're going to, you know, we're going to beat Oregon, we're going to beat Kansas. And, and, and instead of saying that, they're like, okay, we're going to go in there. We're going to do our best knowing that we can learn everything from that experience, whatever, whether it's a win or a loss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Simon, I wanted to put this question to you. I mean, taking that that you know non conference focus and and applying it in um, in conference or in state a little bit. Coach Amy Cohn mentioned the fact that Arissa Henderson is uh, transferring from BYU. She was the twenty nineteen West Coast Conference pitcher of the year. You know, she was a part of teams that went to the NCAA tournament. You know, conference champions at BYU. Um, so that would make the the rotation for the Wildcats. Mo Ramirez, Mandy Sink. Um, Madison Peterson, who was really, really good. I think she had a sub five ERA and Jacqueline Gold, uh, you know, who's still, you know, is a, is a hard thrower, but still kind of working on her accuracy. Uh, and, uh, I wanted to ask, you know, that, that pickup feels just absolutely massive and, you know, and a sneaky, good transfer. I mean, you've interviewed and talked to the team a little bit. What are, what are your thoughts on the addition of Arissa uh, Henderson?
3: Definitely. Yeah. No. Um, one thing I can tell you about what the seniors have kind of been talking about is they're excited for Sanderson. They're really excited for um, I was talking to uh, Mikel about it. And one of the things is she's like, this is a pitcher that brings a lot of speed to our team. Um, it's someone that will, you know, kind of be a driving force there. I think one of the things too with um, in conference and out of conference play, we kind of saw this with Weaver State's basketball team this year. Um, Coach Randy Ray was always telling us look, we're playing some of the hardest teams in the entire NCAA. Um, And it's given us that experience right there um, just to be able to dominate in the conference. I think one of the things is that you'll see out of Arissa Henderson, especially, is that she's been playing these teams for a really long time along with our seniors. And it's just going to add to that, you know, out of conference. success that leads to kind of Casey um, talking about being sixes with those bigger programs. I think that's one of the things like this pitching lineup right here is dangerous and it definitely brings up a lot more success for Reaper state.
0: Yeah. I mean, cause I agree. Like I look at that, at that starting rotation and I go, okay, like you have four, you know, three really, really good pitchers and a fourth, you know, absolutely solid pitcher. And I mean, and then some folks that are still kind of trying to work some things out and should they work those things out? Like, my goodness, this starting rotation is just otherworldly. And so, I mean, that that level of defense just like plus, you know, the level that we know that this team can hit at. It's just a recipe for just absolutely dominating teams. Dance on the pitching rotation.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about the pitching rotation. We have got, and I, you know, I'm excited that we're adding new talent there. Uh, Rissa is going to be just an awesome ad. And to have such stellar talent, you know, that has demonstrated how great they are, that deep is going, it's essential, right? To be able to know that it's, a, it's okay to get tired and pass it on uh, to the next person is helpful and keeps our own team fresh. And I'm really excited that how deep we are in the level of talent that we have.
0: Dan, thoughts on pitching?
1: I'm
2: just processing that we have somebody coming in who has these pitcher recognitions, these pitcher of the year recognitions. And now Ramirez was also reigning pitcher of the year last year. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Am I? Yeah. That's exciting. It's exciting to see how stacked we are at pitcher.
0: Yeah. I mean, the way that I see it right now, it's basically everybody in that starting lineup, uh, that, then that first four has a sub five ERA. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are almost knocking on the door of a sub three ERA in softball. Right. You know, cause it's not, it's not baseball. It's a little bit different. You know, hits are a little bit more common, especially at the college level, but like, man, those are really good numbers. Those are super good numbers and I'm excited to see kind of the way that they put it together. Um, last question is on some of the new faces, you know, coach Amy Cone talked about a few of those. Um, There are a couple that she didn't. um, So we got a lot of catchers. (laughs) They're like four four catchers on the roster. Uh, But I think that, you know, luckily a couple of those are utility. And so they'll be able to move throughout the infield. But um, Carly Davis at catcher, Abby Grundy, who coach Amy Cone noted, Uh, Mika Chong, uh, Gianna Mamoli in the outfield and Marissa Cerda uh, in the outfield as well. Like, like she said, adding some speed, like, man. I mean, it's, I, I kind of wanted to see who, who they were most, who she was most intrigued by, but you know, if, uh, she's the coach and she's not gonna be like, Oh, this is the best player. But I don't know. I wanted to put the question to you guys. Who are no, you? I just want for- to be
1: like, she has a favorite kid. She just didn't want to tell us the favorite what,
0: kid. Well, like, yeah, everybody does. Right. Like, <laughs> that's what happens. But I mean, who are you most intrigued by in this, in this new class? Cause we talked about the transfers and that's fine. But yeah, man, like, who of, of, this, of these new faces, aside from Marissa Henderson, are you most excited to see play?
1: I'm excited for Gianna. I think she played a few non-conference games last year, had a lot of outs. Um, I think that continuing to build that outfield, you're not going to be successful. It's absolutely uh, fun to see. Um, that infield talent that we were bringing in and continue to, but to have a really well-rounded team and her talking about Gianna's speed, I think is essential. So it's going to be fun to see just what those outs look like when we, uh, she gets to play a little bit more than she did last year.
0: Yeah. Cause I think for me, I'm interested in seeing, you know, how well she hits because it's like, okay, right. I've got me Russian in center field. Um, you know, we know that she can hit, um, she's a great player there. If Gianna Mamoli can come in and you know make it make that contribution, maybe not quite at that level, but you know, if she can hit, you know, like above 280, like okay, mm-hmm. plus, you know, her defense in the outfield. And then we also have um Faith Ho out there as right. well, who's who's playing, let's see, you know, Faith's numbers last season, she was hitting at uh, you know, a 347 and a 548 slug percentage. You know what I mean? You know, just like yeah, she's she's getting it to the ball too. Like you you just look at that outfield and you're just like, man, and, and we're not even talking about the players that were already on the team, right? Like these are folks that were already here, or those those are some of them are here or are new last year, aside from you know, Faith. And so it's just like, man, that outfield is just so stacked and young, right? Like yeah. can really hit, Mia, we know can hit, and then you know, somebody will have to replace Lauren, you know, whether she comes back or not. Um, yeah, I did enjoy uh Faith's nickname. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, if you guys aren't following the social media accounts for softball right now, you absolutely should be because they're super funny. Like they're absolutely so funny. If
2: you <laughs> so, haven't joined TikTok, this is the time to join it because the softball team has a great TikTok. It really does. there' are a lot of a lot of fun things. I haven't seen Coach Amicone doing any dancing on there, but who knows? Maybe next week. Maybe yeah, after. We'll
0: Simon, uh, I want to give you final word on uh, on new faces in uh, in the roster and on the field?
3: Definitely, yeah. Um, I think one of the things is we kind of brought up, you know, there's a lot of power in the outfield right now and a lot of um, power in catcher position, everything like that. One thing that we're going to kind of see is just um, these girls taking, um, being taken under the wing of some of these seniors, these really strong seniors out there. Um, we were kind of talking about it with um, Mia Rush and just kind of coming in and being able to, dominate last season, um, being in that, being in that spot. And I think one of the things is, uh, it goes back to Weaver state doesn't really rebuild. They restock. Um, and that's exactly what's happening with these, these new players that are being added onto the roster.
0: Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I think that I'm really excited to see kind of how these new players, will. but man, looks really good. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule folks before we wrap up the show tonight. Um, Like we said, a tough non-conference schedule, some really, really tough teams coming in. uh, Well, that the Wildcats will be traveling to tournaments in Phoenix in Las Vegas, in Southern California, St. George. And so I wanted to ask, I mean, there are a lot of tough teams. Anyone in particular stick out on the schedule to you One that you're excited to see,
3: Um, I can tell you that right now that uh, the team that players are most excited to play is UCLA and Texas A&M. Those are the two teams right in that little, um, I I forget what the name of that tournament is just off the top of my head, Um, but they come back to back right there. And then I think um, there's another team we're talking about that was in that tournament right there is the UC Fullerton tournament and that has Cal State Fullerton as well. Um, And I can tell you that this team is really excited for that stretch. It's one of those things where they're like pushing themselves and really getting to play those bigger teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that you're right. That, that both of those games will happen in the Cal state Fullerton tournament. Of of course, also an opportunity to play against Cal state Fullerton who's hosting, uh, who is also uh, a really good team. And so just, just, I think a dynamite, a dynamite tournament to be invited to and have the opportunity to play in. I think it says a lot about the program by getting invited to that tournament. Cause it's like, Hey, we're talking about Texas A&M and UCLA and, you know, Seattle university, uh, Penn is going to be there. And then like I said, Cal state Fullerton. So a lot of really good teams, but, uh, Jessica, or Dan, who sticks out to you? Who do you want to see on the, uh, on the schedule? Most, most excited.
2: Looking at the Jayhawks, uh, February 13th, uh, a good friend of mine in grad school, he was a Jayhawk fan. And so, but uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to talk a little trash. That.
0: <laughs> Jessica, what about you? Wh- which one? Well, you I'm,
1: I'm definitely excited for UCLA. You know, I'm all about the upset. Um, but of, of course, then all of my emotions come in AM, the SEC, San Diego mm-hmm. State is an alum. So I start mm-hmm. to have some emotional feelings about the game. So I'll definitely be tuning into those. But it, it is going to be one heck of a season. And of course, once we get into conference play, you know, coming down to Portland State, it's going to be okay. What's that look like this year? So I'm, I'm excited for what the season holds
0: yeah and, and I think the interesting thing about the San Diego State they'll get two games back to back against uh, against the Aztecs so they'll they'll start the conference or they'll start the tournament against the Aztecs on Thursday and then they'll turn around and have another game on Friday against the Aztecs before you know moving on later in the afternoon to play um, Cal State Northridge so yeah really oh man just the, the schedule is really really good and uh, I wanted to ask one more question before we move on um Actually, I want two more, two more questions and then we'll wrap. Cause, cause I can't, I want to talk about the in-state, you know, games. Wildcats are going to face Utah three times, Utah State once, UVU like four times, Dixie once, SUU three times. I mean, that's a lot, right? Especially, you know, that's three games against Utah, a Pac-12 team. And two of those will be at Wildcats uh, Wildcat softball field. So I wanted to ask like, of those in-state games, which one are you most excited for? Cause, cause there are some good ones, some really, really good ones. UVU is not, they're not a bad team either.
2: It's always fun uh, to then, send the birds away, isn't it? it, it, it this is a non-conference or it, it, this is our last time with them in the conference, right?
0: SUU. Yeah. So more losses for them, the better. <laughs> Simon, saying, what about, yeah. What about you, man? What, what, what are you thinking?
3: You know, I always think it's awesome to play against, um, Teams like SCU, like uh, like Dan was saying, uh, one thing where they were second in the conference last um, last season, right there, just with that second record, um, right behind Weaver. And so I think anytime you got that that clash right there, that conference clash, um, especially with two
0: skilled teams, it's always fun to see those. Yeah, Jessica, in-state battles. Who 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 are you most excited for?
1: Yeah, um, you know, once again, I'm gonna go and let my emotions drive me a little bit here. University of Utah is an alum there. I'd love for us to beat up on them a little bit. Um, UVU is a competitor regional institution, all about, you know, sweeping them. Um That's four games. That's yeah. I mean, we got lots of opportunities to beat up on them, right? So (laughs) I'm I'm excited about those two months.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think for me, uh the thing that I think I'm most excited to see is um, probably those, probably those games against UVU, because in a lot of ways, you know, the Wolverines and the Wildcats are on similar levels. They're they're dealing with um, similar things like, you know, Coach Amicone talked about the fact that, you know, some of these teams, they are in warmer climates. And so they have the ability to practice outside. UVU is under similar constraints that the Wildcats are under, right? We're both in Northern Utah dealing with some of those. Our conferences are comparable Um, so when I'm when I'm thinking non-conference, I'm excited to see those UVU games because I think that they'll be really good. But then again, I'm with Dan and it's like, dude, I want to beat the birds, man. I love to beat the birds. And especially with it being the last season where they're gonna be in the conference, like, yeah, let's beat the birds as much as we possibly can because man, oh man, it is so tasty to beat the birds.
1: (laughs) I just read what Trevor said. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trevor. (laughs) All I do is go to school, Trevor.
0: Yeah. I mean, she's been to a lot of schools, man. Um, okay. Last question. And then we'll uh, go to the calendar. Um, conference schedule though, who are you most interested in seeing? Cause now we're not just talking about in-state we're talking about the conference schedule. Who do you have? Who do you have circled on your list? Simon?
3: Uh, mine is Portland State. State. Uh, yep. Yeah,
0: that's,
3: yeah, that's a big one, especially after last season. Uh, one thing that kind of comes up um, it was like volleyball um, volleyball during last season uh, they were really focused on beating Portland State um, which they were able to do before they fell to the miners um, I think that's one thing is softball team really wants to they really want to revenge and they really want to get out there and, and kill it so I think it's gonna be a fun one
0: um, yeah, I mean that's that's a really good call out. It's like the like you said the volleyball team in the second round of the NIVC was that what? It was? Yeah, it's NIVC, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, because they beat uh, Cal State Bakersfield, moved on to Portland State, and you know things did not go well for the Wildcats up in Portland, and so you know there was a little yeah. bit of question about like, well, what was what's going to happen on the Wildcats? Going to be uh, they absolutely took care of business, dominated the Vikings, and moved through. And so I think that you're probably right that especially the way things ended last season. Against the Vikings, you know, and sort of the Wildcats being the number one seed getting knocked down and having to play the next game against Sac State and then, you know, dropping that game late. Uh, I think that they will be razor sharp focused on that. And and especially we're like, that's the last series of the season heading into the conference tournament. You know, there are obviously seeding implications. Um, so I'll be extremely excited to watch that. Uh, Dan, who, who are you thinking conference? You, you going with the birds again? always there's
2: something glorious about college football or college sports fans bases in general. And that is one thing that I've mentioned many times, and that is the irrational hatred for uh, opponents. And, and I think that's a glorious part of sports in general. So yes, uh,
0: let's, let's hate on
2: the birds one more
0: time. Hey, I'm um, you, you know, me, I'm a hundred percent down to hate on the birds every single time. <laughs> so excited to see that, that, that series as well. Uh, that, that series against the, um, SUU they they did not play in Ogden last year the the series against them was down in southern Utah so they will come to Wildcat softball field on April 8th uh, for two games and then they'll have one on Saturday the 9th at noon and so I mean plenty of opportunity on that weekend to to see the birds Uh, and a couple of those games are DH games so I expect to see Mo Ramirez raking in that game in one of those games. All right, folks. Let's go to the schedule. Um, I put in just the upcoming schedule for the Grand Canyon University tournament. So like Coach Amy Cohn said, Friday, February 11th, they will be playing against Bradley University, 8 a.m. Uh, down in Phoenix. Um, like she said, luckily, there will be links to watch those games because GCU does have a pretty, they got a pretty slick uh, media apparatus down there for broadcasting their sports. Um, so that's a nice thing about that tournament. Um, so, Bradley at 8 a.m. Then later that day, they'll be taking on Fordham at 1 p.m. And then Saturday, February 12th, two games, taking on Fordham one more time at 10.30 in the morning. Then at Grand Canyon at 6 p.m. that night, um, you'll be able to watch those games through GCU's apparatus or that that one game against GCU will be on ESPN Plus, which is nice. And then Sunday, February 13th versus Kansas, uh, 11.30 in the morning down in Phoenix. Um, like Dan said, really big game, uh, a, a power five opponent. So we'll just kind of see how that goes. So that's... <laughs> I'm that's, sorry
1: I yawned and gave it to you.
0: <laughs> I, know, I know. It's late here in Nashville. What was it? It's 10 o'clock. So let's wrap this up, folks. You know what? I, if you want to email us, go ahead, weberstateweekly at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all places to hit us up. Be, become a patron of patreon.com slash Um, I've got interviews scheduled this weekend with some of our National Signing Day recruits. Uh, we'll be doing short interviews with them. And if you want to see them first... Got to be a patron. All that content will go behind the paywall on Patreon.com. So become a patron; you'll have the opportunity to see that first. Um, and then we have a blog, WeberStateWeekly.com. You can go check that out. Uh, We're we'll trying to do more stuff over there. Maybe moving some of that content. If you're too cheap and you know you don't want to pay for it, eventually it'll find its way there. But if you're a patron, you get that content first. So folks appreciate your time for the inaugural softball episode um really uh thank you so much jessica simon and dan for taking the time uh, let's wrap it up like we usually do weaver state weaver state
1: great
3: great great great
0: <laughs> go wildcats <laughs>